0: Our scripture reading for today is taken from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel lived at a time about five, six hundred years before Christ and Israel at this time was being held in captivity in present-day Iraq known as Babylon and while they were awaiting God's deliverance uh, God spoke these words to them uh, regarding their future return to their homeland. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. Years ago, a young student came to see me. It was only a freshman at the time, and she um, had some questions for me. She said, it kind of bothers me how many people on this campus uh, talk so much about baptism, and especially baptizing children. And I, I want to give a paper. I'd like to write a paper that shows that we shouldn't do that. Would you be willing to help me? And I said, Well, I said, um, I said, how about if you come in my office this week and I'm going to print off every Bible passage there is that deals with baptism and then we can talk through them. Okay. So she came in. We went through all of those passages and walked through each one and looked at what it says. And at the end of it, she said, Well, this isn't going to help me at all. <laughs> and I said, I said, Well, the Bible pretty clearly. Uh, does talk about baptism as a powerful way that God can give faith and she said well I'm a Christian and I've never been baptized I don't get what the big deal is and I said hasn't your pastor ever talked to you about baptism no I said don't you ever have baptisms at your church no we just don't even talk about it what is the big deal with baptism and she was very puzzled by the whole thing a couple years later she came back and was all excited to tell me one day I got baptized by the way I got baptized in front of us the words from Ezekiel have kind of a veiled reference to the coming sacrament of baptism that God would use in the New Testament church and what's being described here is really how God himself converts people to faith and gives them faith in the Savior And uh, so we have sort of a a dual prophecy, you might say, uh, that's found in in this text from the prophet Ezekiel. But it's a clear description of how God creates his church of believers in the world. The Hebrew here is very emphatic. It tries to really emphasize that the work in this is on God. God is saying, I will, I will, I will. He's the one who sprinkles us with water he's the one who cleans us he's the one who gives us a new heart puts his new spirit within us gives us hearts of flesh causes us to walk in his statutes and do them he's the one who claims us from having possibly gone off to other gods and one of the reasons God needs to consistently throughout scripture claim credit for our conversion is because we are a bunch of thieves we like to take credit and steal from God the Holy Spirit steal from him the responsibility for the fact that we have faith in our hearts as if somehow we have done this it's a very natural thing inside of us and we see that even with our first parents they were tempted to want to be like God we're tempted in the realm of conversion to want to be like God to take credit for the fact that we are believers in Christ now the Bible always describes us as spiritually dead. The text here talks about by themselves they had hearts of stone is the way the way it's placed. It, imagine for a moment that when Jesus came along that pathway that day and saw the funeral procession for the young man of Nain, that after he brought that young man back to life from the dead and caused him to rise up and gave him back to his mother, imagine if that man turned to the crowd and said, did you guys just see what I did? Did you just see what I did? How ridiculous that anybody who had been physically dead would would claim responsibility for the fact that they're now alive. And the same is true in the spiritual realm. How ridiculous it would be for us to claim that somehow we've taken our stony dead hearts that had no spiritual life in them and somehow made ourselves believers. Notice that all the credit for this change in a person's heart goes back to God. He's the one who creates that faith inside of us. But sometimes we're even tempted to look at the unbelieving world with a little bit of feeling like, you believe there's still people that think like that? I'm sure glad I'm not like that. I'm sure glad I have somehow come to believe in Christ and, and understand the spiritual things of God. Boy, look at all the people around that don't think like that. But think of of what our text is saying. God would reclaim people away from all of these false idols. That's the same thing he's done for us. What what idol would you or I be bowing down to right now were it not for the work of the Holy Spirit inside of our hearts? Just like a 13-year-old boy who's happened to grow up his whole life in extremely wealthy family and has beautiful clothes and all the top fashion designers making fun of a fellow student in his class who has welfare uh, welfare family and 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 uh, hand-me-down clothes how arrogant to to think that somehow that this 13 year old wealthy kid is the one responsible for all the things that he's wearing God was would have us humbly acknowledge the truth about ourselves that the spiritual life that's taking place inside of us right now that loves Christ that appreciates him as our Savior that's looking forward to going to heaven that spiritual activity that's going on inside of us that God is the one responsible for that and our text says he's not only responsible for what we call regeneration means meaning going from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive not only for your conversion, in other words, that you are a Christian, but all the activity that you do in your life as a Christian, the love you have for the word of God, the the desire inside of you to want to follow the commandments of Christ, the, the desire to support his church, all of the spiritual activity that's worked in us and in our lives, even that he claims credit for. Listen to what he says. I will move you to follow my decrees. That's why Saint Paul said about Christians we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. The story is told of the great artist Michelangelo Uh, maybe you've heard this before that apparently when he had carved his pieta which is the famous statue of Mary holding the dead Christ and uh, when he had carved that and was getting near the end of it he happened to be in a room next door to where it was sitting and someone came through kind of touring his studio and the man giving this little tour saw this statue in front of him, it's a large marble statue and he gave credit for that statue to somebody else And Michelangelo overheard this and so later that night he went back in and he recarved across the statue a a, uh, kind of like a sash that says this was done by Michelangelo he wanted to make sure that nobody claimed the credit That's how God the Holy Spirit is throughout Scripture, with your faith in Christ, with your love for your Savior. He doesn't want anybody else to claim credit for it. He's the one who has put that there inside of you. And that's comforting for us to know that the Holy Spirit, God himself, is dwelling in us, causing us to hold on to the Savior. When I was in college, I worked at a car dealership in town, and we would occasionally get a trade-in car that was kind of run down and not well taken care of. And in order to make the sale, they would often give, a, um, give maybe a couple hundred dollars back to the person to get a trade-in on their car so they could get rid of it. And the owner would often come to me, I was kind of the, the lowest rung in the workers in the garage, and he would say to me, just don't, don't put more than half-hour work into cleaning it up because it's not worth it, we're not going to get much for it. And we would maybe sell that car for $500. I remember one day, a young man who bought a car like that, and it was kind of a piece of junk, brought it back in a couple months later. And had he fixed that thing up, it was polished and well cleaned up, and he had painted things on it, beautiful. You wouldn't even have recognized the car. You could tell that a a new owner had taken ownership. And that's how it is with the Holy Spirit when he grabs us and gives us faith in Christ and causes us to appreciate our Savior, it suddenly works a change in our hearts to love God, to produce acts of of love and kindness back to God and to our fellow man. We can see that with the jailer at Philippi. Once he comes and is converted to Christ, how it just dramatically changes how he looks at his family and his life. Mary Magdalene, the previous prostitute, how it completely changed how she looked at her life. It's exciting for God to look down into the hearts and lives of his believers where he has created faith and to suddenly see them loving Christ, loving his word, loving his kingdom, wanting to follow his commandments, supporting the the work and the mission of his church and appreciating being with fellow Christians. Let's never forget that it's a miracle. It's a miracle from heaven that you love this Savior. And someday in heaven we will sing God's praises for that tremendous gift that we are his children. Amen. Let us rise for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, as at our Lord's baptism in the Jordan River, you once proclaimed Jesus to be your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all of us who are baptized in his name may faithfully keep the covenant, in, the covenant into which we have been called, that we might boldly confess our Savior, and with him be heirs of life everlasting in heaven. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.